Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. I'm excited to be talking to a new friend today, um, talking to Joffrey the Giant today, Jeffrey Joffrey Swate today. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Good. Well, I'm excited to talk all things YouTube channel, uh, some brewski, brewski talk, maybe some, uh, not cigar, but pipe talk, and who knows what will happen. So, well, why don't we go ahead and pray, and then we'll, we'll dive right in. Father, I just thank you for a new friend, a new brother. I thank you for all that you're doing through his life, ministry, and work as a as a teacher and his online presence, as a writer, as to all the things he's doing with video. And I uh, pray this time would be profitable. I pray we'd have a good conversation, get to know each other a little bit. And for all the listeners who are tuning in, I pray that this would be encouraging and helpful and really just, uh, you know, in- inspiring to, to just continue to do things for the Lord and and uh, in their life, in their ministry, in their family. And I trust God that you're going to work in this conversation. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can I just say that I was absolutely delighted the first time I heard one of your episodes and you opened in prayer. Like what a, just a, what a shocking idea <laughs> that one would do that on a Christian podcast. I just want to encourage you to keep doing that. Well, good. You know, that's kind of been a staple from the beginning and that's kind of been a shocker for a lot of people. Okay, well, we're going to pray. And I just, you know, made that commitment from the beginning and it's, you know, it's been fun. I think you know, people like yourself are, are kind of taken back a little bit like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool prayer at the beginning. Yeah. So, do, you happen to, do you happen to remember what the first episode was that you listened to by any chance? Yeah, honestly, uh, it, was, uh, it was posted two weeks ago. You know, I'm going to say it was a pastor and that's not going to narrow it down at all. <laughs> and I actually, I can't remember if you're in North Alabama or if the guest was in North Alabama. Are you oh, in North yeah. Alabama? No, I'm in, I'm in Southern Illinois. That was my buddy, J.E. Myers, the, uh, the, meme, yes. the meme king of the internet. <laughs> oh man he took my title <laughs> man that dude's good he, he got booted off of facebook so many times and then he's on gab but gab doesn't have that that gif you know option now so i mean everybody's kind of just you know figuring out how to get that get that working but yeah, yeah he's a cool dude he's a cool dude so you know the rat the rash of people being being banned from twitter and, and facebook has actually gotten me questioning my my masculinity because i've never been banned from any platform Joffrey, and now oh i'm gosh. wondering what i've been doing with myself <laughs> what, what have you been doing wrong i mean my goodness yeah get, exactly get little, like it's, it's to that point <laughs> get a little controversial or something man uh you know, I, I went ahead and just got out and I was tired of Facebook. I, I was tired of, you know, I, I kind of bought into the Torb model of don't give money to, you know, the enemy. And yeah. uh, I had been on Facebook, you know, since like 2006 and they had all my family photos. And I mean, you know how it is. It's hard to get away once you get in. Sure and so is. I got off of there, got off of Twitter and I'd done that before, but it's been freeing to be away from Twitter for me personally. It's, uh, mm. you know, I've just enjoyed Gab. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I recently stepped away from YouTube for, you know, a lot of the, of the same reasons. Um, you know, I, I get, I get a little check from Google every year or every, mm-hmm. you know, every month, but then, you know, the, the, the little tax return thing uh-huh. every year. And, uh, you know, that just means that they're making money off of me. Yeah. Right. And, and more than just a user as a content creator, uh, that means that they, that they get to make a, li- a little bank off of me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I haven't had any bad experiences with them, but uh, but I'm I'm I don't want to support Google, mm-hmm. and I do want to support someone like Torba. Right. 
Well, why don't you go ahead and bring us up to speed a little bit, and then we'll talk a little bit about content creation, um, money. And I do know to, know that you have a, I mean, I think you have like eight or 10,000 subscribers on YouTube and yep. it really has cost you something to transfer everything from YouTube to Gab uh, monetarily. And I'm sure just with a follower base, I'm sure that there's people that are transferring over, but that kind of stuff can take time. But why don't you bring people up to speed for those who don't know who you are? Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, and then what you do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I am a Brazilian American, a hundred percent Brazilian, a hundred percent American, um, I'm married to Kimberly. We've been married for 21 years. We have five kids. Our oldest is uh, about to graduate from high school. Uh, we've uh, homeschooled our, our whole lives. Uh, my senior actually just went to school to a, a Christian school, Logos, here uh, in Moscow, Idaho. As her first year ever of school is her last year of school. Oh, wow. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, I've um, you know, served in the mission field in, in Brazil. Um, you know, worked for a couple of missionary agencies, but most of my work career I've spent uh, as a language teacher, primarily to adults. So a lot of cross-cultural work. Okay. Um, and I'm currently with an a classical Christian education company here in Moscow, Idaho called Kepler Education. Um, as Joffrey the Giant, uh, which is sort of my, my nom de guerre, I, um, you know, I, I started actually with a, a YouTube channel about pipe tobaccos. And that just sort of evolved over the years uh, into whatever I want to talk about. Um, I was really grateful that my, my community, I'll, I'll call it that, uh, they were a significant part of the support that we okay. raised for when, when we were missionaries in Brazil. And, um, you know, these days, to be honest, like I've, I've, I've very much been in flux. I shut my blog down, my written blog, a, a few years ago, you know, maybe four years ago. Um, and basically, at this point, I do whatever pleases me. Um, okay. And so, <laughs> some Joffrey the Giant people love that, you know, uh -huh. like, you know whatever I'm in the mood and whatever I want to talk about. Uh, but then, you know, that's not uh, that's not necessarily growth strategy. But that's never been why I do it. Uh, I've you know I've just been doing whatever I find is fun, and I talk a lot about masculinity, just being a Christian man. Um, and then we've got you know we've got our our group of uh, a few hundred folks really who who interact regularly, and it's a great time. That's cool. That's very cool. So now, as you have made that transition from YouTube to Gab, has it been, because I know Gab's still working out a lot of the kinks, and I think, you know, Gab TV a year from now is going to look a lot bit, lot different than Gab TV today. Yes. But uh, I've started uploading some videos on, videos on there as well. I never did YouTube or anything, but how, so how's that transition process been for you, moving from YouTube to Gab? Well, some things have been surprisingly positive. Um, others, uh, a little negative. So, I'm just trying to be patient because conceptually I love the idea mm -hmm. and I, I have been, you know, um, I, I suppose I've been issuing a call for more ghettoization to use a really loaded term, you know, Christians need to maybe look a little more at the Jewish model when they're, uh, when, when, when we are not at a tactical advantage on the battlefield. Uh, we need to be thinking about how to how to reinforce and how to be strong, and we scatter ourselves into the world without any thought of building our own structures. Hmm. Um, so that's what we need to do, right? Uh, without retreating from the world, like we need to build up the wall, we need to build up the temple. Gun rather loosen the holster, as T.S. Eliot says when he's <laughs> interacting with the story of Nehemiah. But right, you have the sword and you have the and you have the trowel in hand, right? Um, so you're willing to fight, you're willing to engage, but like right now we're in a, we're in a place 
where we need to be building the wall, mm -hmm. right? We can go out and, and, and conquer after that, but the wall needs to be built first. And that means that we need to be making our own stuff. And this, this young man named Andrew Torba has started this thing and I wanna support it. So I remember that whenever I get frustrated at the lack of functionality, particularly, like I told you that I'm really into the community right. of what we do. Um, and that's really lacking on the Gab platform right now. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, that's okay. I know it's gonna get better. I've seen it begin to get better already. And there might be a year of bumpiness, but that's okay. I'm willing to, I'm willing to play along. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have the long view. You're talking about building. You're talking about, uh, you know, engaging and, and being willing to, like Nehemiah or as T.S. Eliot said, Elliot said, you know, put, get your gun, your holster, get going, get in the fight, build. Uh, we're preaching through Nehemiah right now at our church, and that's mm. been, been a lot of fun. But uh, some of this might sound familiar. And if you don't know Joffrey, he's, he's in Moscow, Idaho, the Mecca of Christianity. Um, and <laughs> I love that you use the word Mecca. I like to use it too. Uh, yeah. And uh, just to get super controversial, because already use it, I mean, Mecca, I mean, uh, not a Christian word at all. Uh, and then on top of that, I like when people are like, oh, what's that? Or where's that? And I'm like, do you know Doug Wilson? He's our Pope. And that just really, just to really tweak some noses. Yeah, and, and nobody has ever been neutral about Doug Wilson. You're either, I mean, all in, or you're like, man, I can't stand that guy. That's right. <laughs> like one of the two. Oh, man. But I love that you're there. We actually visited a couple of years ago. I visited a couple of years ago and went to a missions conference up there. And uh, George Grant was preaching along with, with Doug and uh, had a great time, really great time. And it's a hard way to get there. We, we actually, I flew so let me get this straight here. I flew from Carp from St. Louis to Salt Lake City and met with my buddy Brian and his pastoral team. And we drove from Ogden, Utah that night after about an hour of sleep, 10 hours north, all the way through Utah. I mean, all the way through, uh, through northern Utah and then into Idaho, all the way up to Moscow. Somehow survived and had a great time. So I have actually been to Moscow, Idaho a couple years ago and uh, had a great time. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much happening here. I mean, I recently hosted a, a Brazilian friend who he's currently uh, in the Midwest uh, completing his, his, his doctorate. Uh, but, you know, he's involved in starting some classical Christian schools in Brazil and involved in the Christian education movement down there. And, uh, you know, for him, it was like, I, I need to get on a plane, come to Moscow, sleep on your couch and just, you know, to see what's going on. And it's not the only arena, but, you know, I, I think... I think a, a lot of Christians would benefit to be a little less tweaked by some of the stuff that's happening here. Yeah. Um, you don't have to agree with everything, but you know, <laughs> bricks are being put on top of bricks mm -hmm. and uh, maybe, maybe people should look at that. Well, it's great. You know, so I was talking to my wife yesterday and she's been so influenced. Our whole family, our whole church has been by the Bible reading challenge by, you know, everything yeah. that's coming out of Moscow. We've just been so encouraged. And actually we have a CREC church here in our town in Carbondale that is one of the larger CREC churches. And we've been yep. really good, just good friends with them. The pastor there has been really great to me and been doing some mentorship with me. Um, so we get a lot of friends in that, you know, in our community with, with CREC. And uh, so we, we were talking, I said, you know, in our town, in our state, in Illinois, Illinois, you know, all red with the exception of three counties, but those three counties happen to ha happen to have about 70% to 80% of the population of the state of Illinois. And so we live in, in the blue dot in the southern part of Illinois, like uh, the county. It's just kind of like Moscow, about 25,000 people. We've got a state university in our town and we're the blue dot surrounded by a sea of red. Right. And so our state is still mask, you know, 
mask mandates, all that kind of stuff. And we, we've taken the route of we completely disregarded that. We completely disregarded social distancing. Our church has been gathering since March of last year without any of that. Yes. And just made that a, a call from the beginning. But we have not done the interposition like Christ Church has. And, you know, I was talking to my wife, you know, there's only so long that you can fly under the radar. You know, there's only so long that you can disregard laws or edicts that command that which God forbids or forbids that which God commands to use Matthew Trella doctrine of lesser magistrates language. Um, you can only disregard that stuff so long until they bring that to your doorstep and into your home and which they will, they will. And so I, I was wondering, you know, honey, should we have done Psalm sing? Should we partnered with Cornerstone reform in, in town? Should we have done something like, you know, what happened in Moscow? Because you can only fly under the radar and, and it felt great to disregard you know, things that were ridiculous and unconstitutional, but should we have done more interposition? And so I, I get, I get the struggle when people looking on the outside, looking in and they wonder, you know, why do they have to do that? Why couldn't they just, you know, throw your mask in the trash and walk out and live your life. But there was real principled, intentional interposition happening in everything that's been going on in Moscow. It sounds like it's continuing on. Is that right? Yeah, that is right. Um, you know, there's, a, there's another conflict that's emerged. Uh, it appears to be a, a personal vendetta, really. Um, Crazy. I bought the sticker, by the way. <laughs> yeah, isn't that great? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the sticker controversy is, uh, you know, the, some local prosecutor against the Wilson family. And, you know, people can, can and do research and see how that's, that's been evolving. But basically, you know, we, the, our church has been a little more confrontational, um, and, but and taking it out into the public square, which I absolutely love. But mm -hmm. you know, even listening, uh, uh, listening to you in the in the past, and just thinking about what what your church has done, you know, you know, I was at a conference uh, maybe seven months ago uh, in Tennessee. Uh, no one was wearing masks. It was definitely very purposeful. Uh, and but then talking to people from around the country in the CREC and not, you know, Reformed Baptists, Presbyterians of every stripe. I was really struck uh, by how tragic it is uh, that so many churches have failed to worship mm -hmm. through this. Yeah, uh, and as as far as I'm concerned, that's where the real fight is. Mm -hmm. You know, like you know, you know, when you ask, you know, if if you know, should we have stepped up? I feel like that is the step up, and what Christ Church is doing is a little more besides, but it's, it's almost ancillary. The core of the fight is Sunday morning, being mm -hmm. together, those holy kisses, that bread and that wine, hearing the word rightly proclaimed, and that's the warfare. Yeah. And, you know, there's, I, I was in a conversation with someone recently or we were talking about just being online and being on social media, being in the workplace, just saying that Jesus is king, the fight's going to come to you. Yeah, it right? is. Yeah. Uh, so there's no doubt about that. We don't have to go, you know, I don't think Christians should, should feel guilty for not, you know, knocking down doors. Um, just building that wall is going to, is going to cause a fight. And that may be the thing that has to be done. And it's such a sucker, S-U-C-C-O-R, <laughs> uh, such a sucker to the people of God. Uh, when, when churches do that and they worship faithfully, I was dismayed by how many churches in my own denomination, have, have failed to do that? How many Reformed churches, how many evangelical churches have failed to be there for their people? Yeah. And that's already a big step. It's already a step that requires sacrifice. And churches are in different positions with different leadership setups. 
Um, I, I would count it a great victory that you have been able to pastor and lead your church in, in, in the way you have been. Uh, you know, the other stuff is, it's not even like the next step. To me, it's just like bonus action. Yeah. Well, man, I appreciate that. That's encouraging. And we've had a great year. I mean, we got to see people saved, baptized. We've got a lot of growth. I mean, we grew by probably 50%, I would say, in attendance and of solid people, people that had the right kind of concerns when they walked away from their churches, people who met with their elders, people who cried and and prayed and wrestled through and just disagreed disagreed with the stances of their elders and churches. And they, they they left the right, right way, but they left. Right, right, and and yeah, with, and with great grief, I'm sure, uh, but hopefully, you know, coming into a into a new joy, and you know, it really is. There, there's a great winnowing happening. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? Uh, and so, and, and you know, it's church, church, faithful churches around the country, churches of fifty, of a hundred, of hundred and fifty, not just the large churches, are growing mm-hmm. be, be, because of this, because there have yeah. been faithful saints all over. And I'm not going to be the one to say that, that their, their pastors and their churches aren't Christian, but mm-hmm. they are in sin and they're yeah, failing good. to shepherd the sheep. Uh, and so this winnowing is happening and the church is going to look very different in two years than it did last year. Yeah. I mean, the, the word that I've seen thrown around, the word that I've kind of adopted is that the, the sifting through 2020 and 2021 of the American pastor and the American church is revealing so much. It's revealing a mass apostasy, but it's also revealing in, in some re- regard, a revival, uh, a rediscovery yes. of the law of God, a rediscovery of the, the of sphere sovereignty and the limitations of, of civil government and staying in their lane and in what ways have the scriptures given them parameters and about self-governance, family governance, church governance. And, and I think pastors like myself are rediscovering so many things that that we just didn't know about before, or things like, you know, theonomy light, theonomy, uh, 200 proof theonomy kind of stuff of just the law of God and realizing, wait a minute, it's not just that the third use of God's law has been neglected. It's, it's the second and the third use of God that's that's been tragically neglected. And we're seeing the fruit of that right now where pastors across the country, elder teams, churches are cowering under the pressure of this, this pseudo love your neighbor. That's actually not love your neighbor at all. And uh, you're right. It is in the, in the category of sin, not saying that churches have not been meeting are not necessarily brothers in Christ, but they certainly are and clearly are in sin by not gathering and obeying. And sin takes you, takes you someplace, right? Mm -hmm. Sin has trajectory. So if these churches and these Christians remain in sin, it's going to go ill for them. Um, You know, I, I really think that this, this, episode in in our history uh, has, you know, I, I guess I want to say that it's been the kick in the butt that uh, that the American church and American Christians need but the truth is it's been the kick in the teeth that we need yeah, right right yeah and we, some of us have been bleeding and some of us have been fired up I think you know when something when people taste blood and there's a kind of pastor like this there's a kind of man like that you get kicked in the teeth you taste blood and you're ready to fight yeah and then there's others who get kicked in the teeth that taste, taste blood and they're ready to run and and they cower and start apologizing yeah, and 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 the, the ratio of that is all out of whack among our manly pastors because we haven't been fighting. We're not used yeah. to it, right? Right, and so you know, that first most people react the first time they're ever in a fight or the first time they play football or rugby, uh, and they get hit. Mm-hmm. But most people, even the people who become great eventually, take it hard. They lie yeah. down. They don't right. want to play anymore. Right? You got to get hit a few times, and we just haven't been fighting. 
you know, we've been doing these small cowardices for so long yep. that now we are in the midst of a great cowardice. Yep. Agreed. Okay. I'm going to lay something out for you, see what your assessment is on, on what I lay out here. And then you, uh, and then we're going to talk about Christian manhood and specifically manhood in, in the pastoral role. Speak to men as pastors. My listeners, some of this will be new for, for my new listeners. One of the things I'm doing right now is going through a series on the gospel of John. And I'm trying to break up the notion um, that there's somehow a, there's somehow a conflict between the ministry of Jesus in First Timothy three and Titus chapter one qualifications for being an elder. And so you look at quarrelsomeness. Uh, an elder or uh, overseer must not be quarrelsome, and he must be gentle. And then you just pull that out. And, and what I've seen is that uh, there's a great divide of people trying to stand for the truth. And then the caricature is this: but you're standing for the truth in a mean manner. And then and then those who are standing for the truth are saying, but we're not the ones being mean. We're not the ones being divisive. And that's the side that I'm on is over here. It's a it's a big gaslighting thing from the nice crowd. Um, yeah. And uh, but there's there's bombs and, and caricatures both both sides being thrown. Um, but Jesus is First Timothy three Titus chapter one personified. He's he is in the turning over the temple. Uh, and the tables, that's not being quarrelsome. And picking a fight in John chapter eight, Jesus was not being quarrelsome. And, you know, being able to play with children or, you know, weep with Mary and Martha and speak to Mary and Martha in John 11 and, and display gentleness. You know, th these are pictures of first Timothy three in play. There's not a, there's not a, a war there going on. And so in 2020 and 2021, pastors have been falsely picking sides of part of Jesus's character and shepherding yes. like Jesus and, and partially being right to the neglect of others and using first Timothy three or Titus chapter one to do it, to defend it. So what have you seen? So for, first, what do you think of that analysis? And then second, um, what do pastors as Christian men need to know about Christian manhood? That's going to help them be better men and better pastors. Yeah. I mean, that almost feels like the same, uh, the same idea, the same question, because, really what we're talking about, I mean, Jesus, the man, and you talk about pastors picking, you know, a side or, you know, aspects of Jesus's personality uh, as, as shown to us in scripture. Um, we are such incomplete men, mm. right? Men without chests, most of us. Uh, but, you know, some of us are, are, are men with lots of chest and lots of testicle and, and no brain. Right, so we're, 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 there's just such incompleteness in our understanding of what it is to be a man. And when we look at the one man, the God man who was fully man, you and I aren't fully man yet, really. I mean, uh, but Jesus was fully man, the, the perfect man. And when we say perfect, we don't just mean that he was without sin. We, may, we mean that he was made completely, like he was complete. Mm. And so, you know, if, if that was Jesus, and then we find ourselves thinking about being nice, like we're not being men as Jesus was. Right. And of course, if we're going around beating people up and failing to show mercy, we're not being like Jesus either. either. But that one's easy for us, mm -hmm. right? I mean, uh, Calvin College, so James K. Smith recently <laughs> posted, oh, man. So, you know, he, he, be nice. Of, yeah, be nice. Yes. So he had this post affirming the presence of LGBTQ, et cetera, uh, students at Calvin. Yeah. Uh, and, but yeah, be like right behind the picture of him in big block wooden, wooden letters are the words be nice. And it's such an anemic <laughs> word. We hmm. should hate the word nice. Nice means fancy. It means particular. It means picky. That's what hmm. nice means means 
nice, yeah, and I've just trashed, you know, I've mentioned the negative aspects of nice. Okay, yeah, there are positive aspects of nice, but nice is feminine. Yeah, and, and as contrast to kindness, there's a big difference. It's not a synonym. Exactly, yeah. yes. Kindness, mercy, generosity, goodness. We have all these robust words, and instead we use something anemic like, like nice. And that's the thing that's led us down you know, the, path, the path to where we are now. Hmm. Um, and, and why I think that uh, basically, I mean, obviously you were segueing from one thing to another, right. but you know, I, I find myself in a, it's the same picture meme moment where it, it, the, the, the exact issue is the lack of masculinity. And I don't mean uh, the lack of kua or the lack of, of assault rifles, right? I mean the lack of true masculinity where, you know, you might be more aggressive than I am, but we are both masculine because we're strong in whatever those ways are. And we're willing to fight and to protect in whatever those ways are. We're willing to lay down our lives. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I mean, the area that that men in particular, as they're shepherding their churches, have failed, and I think utterly failed. And I want to say that clearly, like failure, true failure. Hmm. And there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If, you, if you're listening and, you've, and you're finding yourself thinking, you know, is he saying that, that I failed the last year because we haven't, because we took six months off and didn't gather? And it's a definitive yes. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay, repent of that and correct it. And I mean, what into, a manly thing to do that would be. <laughs> amen. Seriously. And, and that's what I've seen a tragic neglect of is the ability to admit that we're wrong. I, I hear J.D. Greer and I hear Matt Chandler and I hear approaches um, to people who have been questioning things that they have done and they are taking the posture of the victim. Well, I, I just didn't know. I just didn't have the information or, or you guys have been attacking me as a, you know, a, a Marxist. And if you're a pastor, it's like, man, take responsibility. Don't blame lack of information. Just say, you know what? I was scared to obey God because I was scared of what the community would think. I was scared that our people were going to get sick. I was scared, whatever it may be, and admit that fear and then step up into uh, Christ likeness as a man and lead the way that we're called to lead. Um, yeah. Or even, or, or even just the admission that, Hey, I was mistaken. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's more cowardly to, to not repent, to not take that responsibility. Uh, I would almost rather hear pastors, those, those sorts of pastors stick to their guns because what they're, what they're, what they're saying by assuming the victim mentality is in the same circumstances, I would do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's not repentance. Mm -hmm. that, that may be being sorry for how it all went down, but that's not repentance. Yeah. Yeah, right. Repentance is turning away. If it happened again, I would do it differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, the small ways that I think that comes out, too, is, you know, there is a, a the, the victim mentality or the defensive posture rather than stepping up and just, I mean, cold blooded repentance where you're just stepping up and saying, I was wrong. I, I'm sorry. Um, is the you misunderstood posture. You yeah, know, I, I, you, you misunderstood. I'm sorry. It wasn't that I. I you know, it wasn't that I misspoke and that I said the wrong thing or I was being dishonest or I was being fearful or a coward. It was that you misunderstood me. I was actually being bold as a lion. I was actually leading well, but you guys just misunderstood everything that I had said. And, right. you know, a part of, you know, you know, for all of us is, you know, 2020, it was like this huge rock was lifted up and there's so many things that was exposed and so many questions that pastors and laymen had. 
that lay people had where they, they had never asked these questions before. They had never had to be face to face with the government saying that we can't gather. And yet God tells us to yep. gather. How do we work through this theologically? You know, Romans 13, first Peter two. And we didn't have a theology for that. We didn't, you know, so we were all kind of like squirming a bit, you know, for, for a while, just kind of figuring out all that works out, you know, all, all of, all of that. And so pastors who have been on the wrong side of this, I mean, my gosh, it's, it's, it is, it is man repent in a masculine way for goodness sake. Don't, yeah. re, don't repent with tiptoeing and saying, you misunderstood. Just, I mean, just confess it. We were wrong. I was wrong. Right. And, you know, and, and thinking about that manner uh, of leadership, I've been, I, I have been thinking uh, a lot about leadership in the church over the past year as a layperson, right? So I'm, I'm not a pastor, right? Uh, but, but I want to be pastored and I wonder, so I don't have anything definitive uh, to say here, but, but I wonder how much what we're seeing, uh, we're paying the price for the evangelical idea of what pastoral leadership is, which, which is almost by diktat. Even when you have, you know, you have a session and you're, you know, you're Presbyterian and you're supposed to have all these, um, you know, I, I'm not a congregationalist. I don't, I, I want pastors who are strong and who lead, but what is the nature of leadership? And I think we have this idea that pastors ought to be simply telling people what to do mm, or yeah. laying out their bullet points and saying, this is, this is our stance. It's not interactive. It's not shepherding. It's not wise, right? It's not relational to the people that you have. Mm -hmm. And when you can see, and this is you know, one of the things I, you know, I, I admired about some of the larger churches in California, pastors who could see that their people were suffering. Mm, yeah. That was the reason they stood up. That's a good reason. Yeah, right? You may be uncertain. And this is the, 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 what I think what bothers me is that the, the leadership instincts and the pastoral relationships weren't there. Right? You're unsure. You're hearing all this stuff from the government. You're being lied to, you're deceived, but you should have this instinct of in the moment when you're in the garage and the zombies are trying to scrape down the, the oh, kick open the door and you've got your shotgun and your family's around you. Like there's only one thing to do and that's to start blasting zombies. It's not to wonder like what, you know, what's the science behind this, hmm. Yeah. right? It's just, it's time to protect the family. Yeah. And when old people and children are weeping, you got to do something. Mm -hmm. Be wrong that way. Find out later that that was your mistake, not some omission thing. Mm -hmm. Don't be a coward. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's very good. All right. Well, let's switch gears a little bit. This has been a lot of fun. Good conversation. I didn't know where this conversation would go. You know, we talked a little bit about that <laughs> <All right>. before, <laughs> beforehand, but you know, this has been fun. I think it's been great. Um, I want to ask you two final things. Uh, I always ask, my, the people that I interview, I end really just, I mean, I kind of put it on a T and, and treat you mm -hmm. like a four-year-old to set you up to praise God for his grace. And so I'll ask you a question, but then I want you to tell us where we can find more, more of what you're doing. And yeah. if people have enjoyed this, you know, send us your way. Uh, but first tell us, you know, Joffrey, why do you love Jesus so much? I love Jesus because he's been so good to me in the ways you might expect me to answer. My wife, my kids, uh, they're beautiful, they're a blessing to me. But also I love Jesus because I love beer, I love tobacco, uh, I love sunshine, uh, and I love that the word spoke it to me. Mm, yeah, that's good. So speaking of beer, 
have you had Schlafly beer from St. Louis? I have any? not. Are you going to send me a six pack? Well, you'll have to send me your address and I will. <laughs> no, this, no, uh, brother. <laughs> this is coffee stout. Uh, Schlafly has been growing over the last few years. We actually have a growing scene of wineries and breweries here in Southern Illinois as well, which has been very, very fun. Um, but, uh, but yeah, praise God for good beer. Yeah. You know? Amen. <laughs> okay. So yeah, you love right. Jesus. You love Jesus. You love your family. You're thankful for that. That's so awesome. Uh, if you, um, or if for, for, for anybody listening in, tell us where we can find more of your stuff. Tell us about your Gab TV channel and, and all that good stuff. Yeah. So I'm Joffrey the Giant. And my name, you know, I guess you'll see it in the show notes, but J-O-F-F-R-E. Joffrey the Giant um, on most uh, platforms. And, and Gab is where I'm doing my video content now. Um, you can also just find me on Gab as Joffrey Sweet. Um, but yeah, I, I still have a little bit of a YouTube presence. Like I, I put up uh, reviews uh, for products up there because, you know, it just blesses the people who make that stuff more. Like I did some book reviews recently, but uh, on Instagram, on Twitch occasionally. Based, the best way to be a part of the community we have, if you check me out on Gab TV particularly, um, is to join my Discord. So in my Discord, we have discussions, we have conversation, people hang out in there. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Discord uh, is an app that was invented to help voice communication as you play video games, but it's become sort of a social media platform at this point. Totally closed though, right? So you have to have the link uh, to join the Job for the Giant Discord, and those are available on most of my videos. Very cool, very cool. Well, I will. I'll put all that stuff in the show notes. Joffrey, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for, uh, for letting me rant a little bit. <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. Well, well done. Cheers. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.